Somebody come get them. They're too old for TikTok. Hello and welcome to episode 150 of Too Old for TikTok. 150 is a great number. What do you think about it, Catalina? I was just thinking, isn't there an alcohol called 150 Bacardi 151? Because it's 151 proof. Yes. We definitely had that together in college. Should we take shots of it next time we record? For our 151st episode? I think so. It's very appropriate. Yes. However, I don't want to have that in my house. So maybe I could order like a single. You could buy a nip. A nip. Yeah. Okay, we'll purchase nips of Bacardi 151 for episode 151. Of a missed opportunity, episode 99, 99 bananas. Mm. That would have been a good opportunity. But okay, we'll do it with 151. Are there any other number alcohols? Not that I could think of off the top of my head, but maybe sure there it are. will come to me. We'll figure I'm them sure out. there are. Everclear. <laughs> That's not a number. Goldschlager. <laughs> Goldschlager really had its heyday, and it was really replaced by Fireball. It really was. Mm. Well, should we dive into the talks? You don't even want to know how my week was? That's fine. Okay, my week how was boring. How was your week? Um, well, I guess most recent memory, and this is relevant to TikTok, is I watched the Grammys last night. I know, and you usually don't watch, you famously don't watch award shows usually, so I'm shocked by this that you watched Yes, it. I had a friend text me earlier in the day, and she was like, do you want to come watch the Grammys? And I was like, I mean, I guess. But it was kind of fun to watch yeah. the, I, the, the cultural moment live before then seeing the discourse online, because normally I just watch the stuff online. I don't even care about watching right. it live, but it was kind of fun to watch it live. Did you watch the Grammys? I did. I watched from start to finish, including the commercials. Usually I'll tape it and then fast forward because commercials make me angry. But um, I'm happy I did. It was very fun to see such a show. And it's. And it, I thought it was well done. I felt like since I haven't watched one of these shows in a long time, and maybe it was just like particularly prevalent because of the nature of the event, I just could not shake the feeling like I was – watching in the hunger games you know how like the people who live in the capital how they're all Mm. like it just seemed like the capital everyone looked insane (gasps) everyone's faces were insane there was so much botox so much filler so much ozempic all the fake fruit on the tables i was like this is you didn't notice that every table i didn't notice the fake fruit I don't think it was actually fake. I think it was real fruit spread. No one's eating this fucking fruit. (laughs) No one's eating anything. One thing I will say is that Taylor Swift's outfit reminded me of your prom dress. The black gloves and the white dress. She's taking uh, a note out of your book. Mm. Miley Cyrus's hair? Next level. It was very Tina Turner. I really enjoyed her performance. What was your rose and your thorn? My thorn was the world peace speech that was like very offensive and just shouldn't have been done. Um, (laughs) And every all four of us in the room had these looks on our face that were just like, this is such a misstep. I guess they felt like they had to say something, but it was just so poorly executed. The tone didn't match the show. There was a lot of just like false equivalencies happening. It was really bad. 
and I it was very cringe and I was like I kind of wish during this moment that there were more shots of the audience reacting to this because this is mm. well they were probably all on their bathroom break so it was probably a big seat filler moment you think oh I want to be a seat yeah filler. for sure and then my rose something I genuinely I mean Celine Dion's coat such a good rose yes her coat amazing what about you okay my rose was Luke Combs and Tracy Chapman. Oh my god, of cars. course. Tracy Chapman oh. playing was amazing. Yes, I should have said and, that. And like Luke Combs was so cute, just smiling over, like mouthing the words while she was singing. It was perfect. Like no notes. The performance was yeah, everything. That was really and good. That song is everything. They're both great. That was a huge rose for me. My thorn is controversial maybe but everyone's talking about it is when taylor swift kind of snubbed celine mm-hmm. i was shocked that she didn't acknowledge celine at all but then of course you know she has the picture with celine backstage it's all fine but i was genuinely shook that she didn't hug celine maybe she i don't know maybe celine's fragile but she didn't acknowledge like you know miley acknowledged mariah carey right, right. i thought that was a cute moment it's like, come on, Taylor, acknowledge Celine. I didn't notice that moment because I was so fixated on how awkward it was that she forced Lana Del Rey to come on stage with her. Oh my God, that was horrific. <laughs> Similar to how Jay Z forced Blue Ivy. That was. I was Blue like, Ivy why is everyone forcing other people to. to go on stage with them? I have to say, um, Miley Cyrus is. I have a hard time shaking. Like, she's, like, peak Nepo baby, right? And I don't really care about her being a Nepo baby. They're all Nepo babies. But I have a hard time taking her seriously. Like, she is a serious artist. And now she is, like, she's, like, a gay icon. She's a cultural icon. But I still think of her as Hannah Montana. I, like, of can't course, shake Hannah Montana. Her age. She should have won a Grammy for Best of Both Worlds. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that is a really Retroactive Grammy. Okay, well, well, let's talk about how we're seeing it on the talk. There's just one video of a moment that also shook me is when Jay-Z was you know, calling some people out. And this user at Shakivla has a strong reaction. Some of you don't belong in the How did you react in this moment, Dina? Ben and I looked at each other and first we we're like, wait, is he talking about Taylor Swift? And then I was like, no, no, no. He's talking about Beyonce, like not winning. Like, cause I, it's for me, I had flashbacks of like Kanye and Taylor for mm-hmm. some reason, mm-hmm. but no, he was just talking about Beyonce, how she was snubbed. And honestly, I agree. Beyonce should win a best album of the year she never has she's broken all these records she's you know my personal favorite artist so mm-hmm. i agree well, and i like how he was lighthearted and then was like you know i when i'm nervous i tell the truth like it was funny i thought he was giving kind of strange energy during that performance also yes. now that i'm an adult well, i'm like who speech. here is high sorry whatever it's a performance really who here is high <laughs> who here is drunk who here's really yeah. bored? You know, I'm always like trying to figure that out. But I 
was a little confused when it started. I was mostly just confused about if Blue Ivy was there for a reason or if he just wanted Mm -hmm. her to, like, awkwardly stand next to him. Yeah. It seemed like he just – and that's similar to Taylor. Taylor, when she won the last award, was like, I feel so lonely up here. And, oh, my God. (laughs) How did you do that? I don't know. I didn't touch anything. (laughs) There was just a – AI is taking over because – on our video, Catalina gave a thumbs up. We don't know how to recreate that, but that was well, The other day I was in a, fa- in a faculty meeting, like a department meeting, and there was one of my colleagues on Zoom, and she like did a thumbs up and balloons just <laughs> went up. We, You know, AI's got to stop. It, it, we got to draw the line somewhere. That was very funny. Yeah. But back to my point. So Taylor said, I feel so alone, and that's why she literally dragged Lana Del Rey and Jack Antonoff, and she was like, come closer. Jay-Z... It probably needed an emotional support in his daughter. And also his daughter did win a Grammy. So I think he wanted to shout Mm, that out too. mm. Yeah, it's just interesting because we've grown up with these people. Like we're really old. So Beyonce won her first Grammy like 20 years ago when Taylor Swift was like 14 years ago or something. Well, we are the same age as Taylor Swift or a a year older. That also, to me, is a mind fuck. Like, we're just, we're all getting older. Blue Ivy looks so adult, and she's, like, 11. She's a teen. She's, wow, fascinating. You know, Taylor Swift did award shows. There's a lot of false humility. I don't think she can win either way, and that's really what a lot of this discourse is happening. Now, something I saw on TikTok was people talking about the Jay-Z comment and who he was referring to, and a lot of people were saying it was a performer named Tyla, which is this South African singer. I just looked her up. I need to um, investigate that a little bit more because I was kind of wondering, like, who is he actually throwing shade at? Now, I just thought of another thorn. Oh, okay. Travis Scott's performance. (gasps) Yes. Also, why are we inviting this man to perform at the Grammys? Wait, what's why is he problematic? Astro World. Oh, right. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I forgot about Astro World. Oh, God. Exactly. That's why. During his package, he was talking about how he hypes the crowd up, and then he, they were showing shows of his concert, and I said, I will never be caught dead at this concert. It looks like my worst nightmare, like two crowded people jumping yeah. on you. Like 10 people scary. died at Astroworld. Yeah, true. Yeah, his performance was weird. And it wasn't even Not like weird us. in an interesting way. It was just bad. I liked when SZA ran on stage with her cell phone. That was a funny moment. <laughs> um, she was also pretty significantly snubbed. She was up for, like, a she lot won. of awards. She yeah, won some things, but, but she did she not wins. win as much as yeah. she was nominated for. Also, I'm just going to say it, and I'm someone who every year has Taylor Swift as her number one artist. I don't consider myself a Swifty per se, but I do like Taylor Swift's music. Midnight's was a cultural moment of the year into that sense. But if we're talking about, like, musicality, I don't think that that album should have won album of the year. So, like, so what which are, one should have won? Who Sizzle? else was nominated? Miley, Miley, John Dua Batiste, Lipa. Dua Lipa, and uh, and um, Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia Rodrigo. Someone else was nominated. Oh, Lana Del Rey. Oh yeah. I don't know. I think that Taylor okay. Swift probably won, not just based on the music, but based on the culture surrounding the music. So it was like, but it that's was an part album. of it too. Is that's it part though? of voting? Is it? Is yeah. that part yeah. of what they? Yeah. Okay. How do you know? Are you Maybe. on the Grammys committee? No, I'm not. But I think it has to seep into your brain while you're voting. Mm. Okay, let's move on from the Grammys. Okay. 
This actually is a really good segue because on my For You page is a song that I think is deserving of a Grammy. <laughs> it's by at Christy Koish. Last time I ordered a takeaway, it wasn't in my own home. Should have checked the driver's progress because the address was wrong. And I forgot to change it back. There's a burger at my nan's door. And it's getting fucking cold. There's a burger at my nan's door. And she cannot eat red meat. Oh no. If she has a single bite, she'll die. So I call, I call, I call, I call, I call, I call my nan. But she's not answering. Because she's afraid, 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 afraid of technology. She thinks if she goes outside, she'll get snatched by a drone. And when she does a FaceTime, she thinks she's in the phone. This song is catchy. This song is funny. The visuals are very kitschy. They're just great. It's like, it just looks like the perfect green screens he's chosen as he's singing in front of them. No notes. Love it. Do you like the original song? What's the original song? What do you mean? Are you joking, Dina? Are you punking me? No. What's the original song? Murder on the Dance Floor. Oh, this is uh, this is after Murder on the Dance Floor. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I had a momentary brain fart. <laughs> That's why he did it. It's okay, funny because okay, I was yeah. singing Murder on the Dance Floor the other day. And yesterday, and Ivan was like, Catalina, have you watched the video yet? Have you watched Burger at My Nan's House yet? And I was like, no. And he kept yelling at me. So finally this morning I watched it. And it is pretty good. It's good. It's yeah. catchy. But I also really like the original song. Grammy worthy. Props to both. Well, the next thing on my For You page is a follow-up from something we've spoken about. And it's a user, Christy Fritz. They went very viral for having a video about not wearing shoes. They walked around Sephora. They walked around a bunch of places. And they doubled down. And now this video is about taking that to the next level. My husband and I have removed the bottoms of all of our shoes. We decided to start walking barefoot and one of our followers had a great idea. Since some businesses don't want us being completely barefoot, if we cut off the bottom of our shoes, it allow us to be barefoot but blend in with everyone else. This is a huge commitment, but we were willing to make it. These are our favorite shoes. Our shoe collection is worth more than $20,000, but this is a sacrifice we're willing to take because walking barefoot means the world to us. The benefits of walking barefoot are priceless and now our shoes are worth more than money could ever be. So today we got to work and started removing the bottoms. We weren't sure if this was going to be easy or hard and it ended up being pretty easy. We made little shelves where our toes are and our heels are. We made a little lip on the bottom of the shoe where our toenails will go so they can latch on so we'll actually be able to hold on to the shoe while trying to walk without the bottom. Catalina, do you think this is real? It's rage bait. It's so funny. I was talking to my it's friend about this bait, the other yeah. day, and he was like, it's rage bait. And I said, oh, that's a really good term. And he was like, Catalina, you, don't you have a podcast? <laughs> Shouldn't you know that term? But yes, it is rage bait. I, I think, yeah, they're really doubling down. I've been thinking about it because I was watching another video of Pamela Wurst-Vertini critiquing Pookie and whatever his name is, Jet or whatever. Jet. And... 
in the comments she was writing to people like who were mad at her because they were like defending Pookie and Jet. She was writing, well, like, well, I'm set to make $700 on this video alone. And so I'm just thinking about the <laughs> fact that like these people, it's a, this is why there is so much provocative rage inducing content because people are getting views they're getting views they're getting engagement and they're getting like a monetary reward for pissing people off so i think that that actually is going to drive the tiktok algorithm and the product not just the algorithm but the content that we see on tiktok is going to get more and more provocative because of the fact that people are being rewarded for any type of engagement so even negative engagement, it's views, it's comments, you're getting paid, so people don't care. Absolutely. Now, what have you been seeing on your For You page? I've been seeing a trend. So I've been getting a lot of parent content recently. It's really strange. It's like hmm. I had my wedding and all of a sudden I'm being pushed baby content. It's like, <laughs> it's creepy. It's it like knows. the world is, is like, the next thing you have to do is procreate. But anyway, buy some diapers. Some of this stuff is really funny. So I'm only making it worse because I'm like liking it. And this is the first, I'm pretty sure this was the first person who did it um, at Sober Mama 82383 puts her child in the bathroom and says that she has to stand in front of the mirror and get all of her bad words out. Okay. You can say all the bad words you need to say. Okay. Stick it out. Are you saying them? Uh-huh. Get them out. Stick it out. Did you get them all out? No. You're still going? No. Say all the bad words you want right now. I say to the ma. I like how this kid is just like, her favorite bad word is stinking ass. Yeah, stinking ass is such a good bad word. Also, the way the kids curse, the way they say it in their little toddler voices is very cute. But I actually got this on my For You page, too, mm -hmm. and I did not just get married. So I think this is it's just, just a trend that everyone's getting because it is really just it's, it's so cute. funny and then it's funny to see people be like well i do not encourage my children to say curse words right. and it's like call the, the comments down um and then <laughs> the at another one was by at berlene brown one say all the bad words you want to say but just in the bathroom okay okay, okay i'll be back know they're not supposed to do it so even though they're in they they're do smiling. it with like such little aggression as well they're like yeah. very passive and very hesitant about it it's a good trend when i first saw the you know bad words you think bathroom i always think to mothers used to wash children's mouths out with soap if they would mm. say a bad word did you ever get your mouth washed out with soap no, did you? No, my mom would always threaten, but also she curses all the time. So it's like, yeah, my mom is weren't a, a big, big deal. Cursor. I actually remember the first time someone told me about the word fuck as a kid. They were like, it rhymes with something. And I remember being so confused. It was like one of my earliest memories. I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> I actually washed my own mouth out with soap once because I <gasps> thought soap balls were candy <laughs> oh, and I ate it. And I ate it. So I have eaten soap before just by accident. Wait, I have a pretty good soap story, but it's not about 
um, swearing, and it's about poop. Can I tell it? Of course. Please. So my friend Daniel, who you know, said that in his family, his grandmother, if anyone was ever constipated, would cut a sliver of bar soap off and stick it up the kid's butt, and it would make them poop. I have never heard that. I think about it. Wow. You learn something new every day. And did it work? Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those videos that someone like he should put this on TikTok and it'd be like, you know, no one's experience is unique because not like I've never heard of this, but I'm sure there is a community out there who has had slivers of soap up their butt. Up their butt. Yeah. It's like a not a natural. It's a laxative it's a very tangible it's an what's it's like it's not internal it's external medicine well it becomes internal in a way it's pretty internal once you're up there that's internal but well well i'll never look at soap or butts the same way yeah next time you're (laughs) next time you have a bar of soap and you're constipated let me know okay yeah i'm not gonna try this yeah me neither or maybe i will um so the next thing on my algorithm has nothing to do with any of this. Um, <laughs> it is a girl talking about doing something which is kind of like Dina, which is as a gag going to a silly restaurant. And so her friends as a gag went to hibachi, like in an ironic for a way for yeah. a birthday. Right. And she tells the story of a debate that comes up when they're at hibachi. Her users salt and sage nutrition. So I got into one of the most polarizing conversations that I've ever been a part of at dinner last week. And I found out some really jarring news and I figured I would share it um, because we need to get to the bottom of something. And it wasn't even something that I realized was an issue or was up for debate. Let me set the scene here. You are qualified to weigh in on this conversation if between the year of 2008 to 2015, the only celebration you knew was hibachi. You were turning 16 and you were getting dinner with five or six of your friends. Hibachi, obviously, you were going to hibachi. It took over during those years. I'm not sure why. I'm actually not sure why hibachi has kind of died down. Great time. People should go to hibachi more. That's besides the point. And you would go to hibachi for these dinners. The main part of the show, the main reason that anyone was there was You would sit down at the table, and at some point during that dinner, that chef was flinging something four feet across the table into your mouth, okay? So I want you to sit, before you say anything, I want you to sit and picture what exactly it is that was thrown into your mouth in 2010, okay? So this story is very long. We can't possibly play the whole thing, but she poses the question, when you're at hibachi, what gets thrown at you? And where are you so from? So she said, yeah, so she said she's from Rochester, you know, upstate New York. Mm-hmm. She gets little rice balls I, thrown at her. Never happened to me. No. Then other people, and then the one she was at in New York City, they threw raw zucchini. I've also never heard of that. And I have been to hibachi in New York City, Benihana to be exact. And I've never gotten zucchini thrown at me. The answer, and I think we can both agree, let's say it. One, two, three. Birthday shrimp. shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> However, Dina, I was thinking about when was the last time I went to hibachi when hibachi came to me for my bachelorette Your party. bachelorette. And it was zucchini. He threw, he threw zucchini. zucchini. That was zucchini and like maybe mushroom. I, 
Oh, I was very unwell at that dinner, yeah. so I don't recall any throwing food because I couldn't eat any food. Yeah. But it used to be shrimp. No, I know. There's, I mean, but she had a good point. Like, that is a very bad, that's not a very cost-effective gag. Right. When You, you don't want to be throwing one of the most expensive things on the menu that might be falling on the ground, right? A zucchini right. Well, is really shrimp, cheap. One little piece of shrimp. No, I shrimp guess, is you expensive, know. Dina. Yeah, it's expensive, but, you know, the margins at hibachi are probably real high, so I don't feel bad. But it is food waste, so I mean, you know, I'd be fucking throwing myself on the ground to catch that shrimp in my mouth. The zucchini, I don't care if I don't catch a raw piece of zucchini. (laughs) It reminds me when we went to that restaurant, Gayukaku, when you cooked the food in front of you. Wait, that was a Gayukaku? Yeah, you were so impatient that you ate raw shrimp. It was probably you live to tell the tale. Undercooked. It was undercooked, but yeah, you you don't leave any shrimp behind. I didn't realize that's I've already theme. been to Gayukaku. I always say I want to go. Now I just realized that's the notorious um, locale shrimp. of the undercooked shrimp <laughs> moment. All right. It is. Well, I will add that yes, I appreciate that someone else does gags for their birthdays, mm-hmm. and my birthday is coming up. And this year, I am going to Applebee's. So Where are you going to Applebee's, Dina? Oh, always Times Square. I do love a Times Square birthday because, number one, it's convenient for everyone. Number two, when else do I get all of my friends to go to Times Square with me? I think that this is really how, like, where our mentalities combine, collide is that we think it's a good idea to bring a group of friends to Times Square (laughs) as like a fun activity. As right, but it's ironic, you know, but people get excited. Mm, Yeah. I mean, when else would you do that? You're a tourist in your own city. Yeah. I also, you know, no pressure if you don't want to go to Times Square, if you don't want to go to Applebee's, like don't come. Yes, I enjoyed your email. It is a no pressure event. Dina's email said you don't have to come if you don't want to be seen in Times Square, which yes, I really appreciated. And I also said all are welcome in the neighborhood because that's Applebee's whole thing. Eating good Eatin in the neighborhood. Good. Well, I will be going to Applebee's on the day that you go to Applebee's in solidarity. I love that. We should FaceTime for sure. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Next, we have our food section. And we love Wishbone Kitchen. You know, I feel like we've highlighted her a lot. And she has something to say about steak. It's a stitch. I don't know how to order meat from a butcher. Uh, I just went to the meat stand at Whole Foods and asked for steak. Bring meat from a butcher and seafood from a fishmonger can feel so unnecessarily stressful and confusing. So I'm going to give you the lowdown. In that video, the guy said that he went to the butcher counter at Whole Foods and ordered steak. And the butcher was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he was like, uh, two steaks. So the word steak actually refers to the way a piece of meat is portioned. So I'm assuming this person meant he wanted a steak of beef, a beef steak. But you could also get a ham steak or a pork steak or a bison steak. It literally just means like a slab of meat. I enjoyed this this? video. Um, I knew aspects of this. I definitely am not as clueless as this gentleman who was like, I don't understand how to order steak or how to order from a butcher at all. I do know Mm -hmm. you have to specify what sector of the meat that you want the meat to come, that you want the steak to come from. I guess that I 
had not put it together in my head what the roast translates to when it's cut as a steak. Yeah. And I never would have thought to go to the butcher. I mean, but this is like when you go to a butcher who knows what they're doing, the idea is to have a conversation. It's kind of like you go to the market and you say, what's fresh? What's good? And the butcher sort of guides you because you could say like, I want to make a filet mignon. But if you go and the butcher says, oh, we have a great deal on New York strip steaks today because of so-and-so reason, that's really like a great personal interaction with the butcher where you're going to get a quality product because it's informed by their expertise. Let me let me ask you, how often do you do this with your with your butcher? <laughs> I would say never. But yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I'm like this painted a beautiful picture of like what I think like my grandmother used to do and my mom would wait, do. Wait. Literally none of us have ever no. had that interaction yes, I with have. the butcher. Yes, I have. One time in Spain, I wanted to do things actually twice in Spain I've done this. I wanted to do Thanksgiving and this was before this was a, a long time ago because <laughs> I we're old now, I get or older. So I called the butcher and I was like, I need a seven, I need a nine or seven kilo or an eight kilo turkey. And he was like, wait, are thumbs ups happening again? I just saw. Thumbs up just happened again. I don't know what's causing these thumbs up on our video, but. Whatever. I'm Okay, so. Keep, Keep going. I needed a turkey and we arranged for the slaughter of a turkey prior to Thanksgiving, two different times. So yes, I have had a conversation like this with the butcher. I've also like gone to the farmer's market and like asked them like what's good. But it is true that our model of commerce these days is much less personal. However, Mm -hmm. I was chatting with the person, I bought fresh mussels from Giant Eagle Supermarket and I was chatting with the lady about like the quality and care of the mussels. So it just depends. Yeah. No, that's great. I would agree that it is a confusing thing, and I wouldn't know what to ask. Okay, now Catalina has balloons popping up. What are I you doing? I don't know what's happening. I am not anywhere near my keyboard. I'm not yeah, doing you're not. anything. I don't know this what to do. Bizarre. I'm just anyway. gonna. I'm just gonna stand still. Stand still, so we don't have AI giving thumbs up or balloons. Have you ever had a conversation with a butcher or a fishmonger or a cheesemonger or any monger? <laughs> I can't hear the word or say the word monger without laughing. So that should tell you the answer. One time I did, I wanted chicken. And you know how they have raw chicken and packagings, like usually in a shelf, so you don't have to go to the butcher. But they didn't have that amount I wanted. So I said, oh, can you make me whatever it was, a pound, whatever. And they're like, no, like you have to take what's there. I'm like, no, but isn't that the butcher's job is to give me how much meat I want? What store were you so, at? Probably Morton and Williams. Weird. It was, so it was a bad interaction. I have asked the butcher questions about, I'm always confused by like 97% lean versus not it's lean. the percentage of fat. So, no, I know what it is. I just, just sometimes you can't find it or, you know, so... No, but I remember going to the butcher with my mom back in the day and like she knew her butcher. And actually, I think my mom's grandparents were butchers. My grandpa was a butcher. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I didn't know we had that in common. Oh, my God. We come from a long line of butchers. Butcher. Wow. (laughs) So we should know how to talk to butchers. I already I showed that I know how to talk to a butcher. What I didn't know was the distinction 
between like the specific roast that would become a filet mignon or the specific roast that would become a New York sirloin or a strip steak. But Mm -hmm. it was logical when she was saying it. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. And then people were like, oh, it's going to be cheaper. And I'm like, it's not going to be cheaper. It's still an expensive cut of meat. And she says that in the video. Very interesting. I need to cook more. And then maybe I'll start buying more raw meats from butchers. It's inspiring me. I don't buy a lot of beef. Yeah, neither do I. But the Super Bowl is coming up and I make my lasagna. So I do buy beef for Ooh, the very lasagna. Fun. Excellent. And maybe I'll chat with the butcher. Oh my God. Have a combo with the butcher about your ground beef. Report back. <laughs> sure. Okay. Shall we move on to learning on TikTok? We haven't done learning on TikTok in a while. I We're think so that uneducated. what we just talked about was kind of also qualified. It was as also learning. learning. True. Yeah. True. Let's talk about this. There's a video by. Hit Omido camera roll, and it's about iPhone hacks. Did you know your iPhone can do this? You can screenshot entire pages, not just that little section. By clicking on your screenshot, push full page, and there you go, the whole thing. You can even save it as a PDF if you want. You can also sign things, push the pen, plus add signature. And just move it where you want it. In theory, this is very good. In practice, I would forget how to do this, or like, I don't thing to do it because like i don't even phones are so smart (laughs) what (laughs) like how do you you could pdf a whole page okay that's what i'm talking about the other day i was trying to do it because i wanted to pdf a whole page because i've picked up a new hobby from tiktok actually which is mystery shopping Explain mystery shopping. Mystery shopping is there's all these different platforms. So I've gotten really onto the side hustle, the side hustle side of the, of TikTok. One of these videos that popped up on my For You page by a girl who actually, as it turns out, is from Columbus. I should be friends with her. Mm, and she's probably she taking should. all the mystery shopping jobs. But oh. she was like, if you want to go out to eat for free, you could try mystery shopping. And so I look into it. There's all these different companies. It's not just eating. You're essentially like an undercover restaurant cop, which I don't love. But you go and you're given like a list of instructions and then you fill out a survey afterwards about the ser- the service, the experience, the ambiance, whatever. But the directions, depending on how fancy of a place it is like for example some places it's like you go to a burger restaurant and order a burger and it's pretty simple and it's not that intense but we did one that was kind of a more upscale dining experience and the instructions were so long and you're not supposed to like draw attention to yourself obviously and so I was like, how am I going to memorize this? So I was trying to take a screenshot and then I remembered the PDF thing but I forgot one of the steps um, mm. So I will try to do it again at some point yeah. in time in my um, new hobby of mystery shopping. My other new hobby that's from the side hustle um, section of TikTok is playing games that I downloaded through Swagbucks. And I'm currently playing Monopoly Go and I've made $13. You have? <gasps> yes. So Dean, oh I even made like $20 playing because he jumps around a lot more. Oh my god, so you had me download Swagbucks, but then I got distracted. I haven't played games, but that 
I said, like, as I'm watching Housewives or something, I could be making money playing games. Some of the games are a dream. Yeah, some of the games are deranged, I will say. Like, I tried to download one and start playing it when I, like, run out of dice on Monopoly. And I, I, it's just too many steps and too many, like, dragons. But I really like Monopoly Mm -hmm. Go. Yeah, Monopoly Go, I've played in real life and it's fun. What do you mean real life? There's, like, a card Monopoly Go game. Oh, I have not played that. That's really fantastic. I'm going to, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, we should be sponsored by Swagbucks Swag or Monopoly Go. Get over like, here. If you're listening, like, Swagbucks, yeah, if you are listening. <laughs> but back to learning on TikTok. This is why I love TikTok because little reminders of things to make your life easy come up and then you just hit the favorite button on there. Or if you listen to our podcast, we'll link the video. You just, you know, go, you watch it and you learn. Exactly. Okay. Last but not least, we have New York City TikTok. There's bagel drama in New York City. The user Brooklyn Bagel Blog does a really good job breaking down the drama of Court Street Bagels. This Court Street Bagel saga is one of the wildest stories we've had in the bagel world in years. All right, let's set the scene. First things first, Court Street Bagels is a bagel shop in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn, that has been run by owner Peter Yulo since 2004. It's an all-cash business, makes great bagels, and Peter always worked the front line. He knew almost every customer by name, if not by their order. Now, the drama started on Saturday when Peter announced that Sunday would be Court Street Bagels' last day in operation. This abrupt end to a neighborhood staple was obviously very upsetting news, and people wanted to know, what happened? Why was Court Street Bagels closing? Already, there are rumors and confusion swirling, but one thing seems clear. Sunday will be Court Street Bagels' last day in operation. Except, Monday morning rolls around and Court Street Bagels is still open. This directly contradicts what Peter had stated the day before, but it turns out that he's just as baffled as everybody else. He reiterates that his lease expired, he handed the keys to the landlord, and he has no idea what's going on. At the heart of this controversy is a tangled web of real estate transactions and lease disputes. The pivotal event in this drama is the purchase of 181 Court Street by Conway Capital in 2020. The purchase of this property by Abe Cohen's company is what precipitated the series of events that led to today. The first thing that happened, Peter fell behind on rent. It was 2021, still feeling the effects of the pandemic and exacerbated by a significant rent increase by Conway Capital Peter wasn't able to keep up. Simultaneously, Abe Cohen allegedly was shopping the space around, looking for a tenant to replace Peter, and was interested in a number of different tenants. Tenant that he settled on? Mr. Adam Alsura of Smith Street Bagels, one of Court Street's biggest competitors, located just minutes down the street. And we're talking a seven-minute walk here. Adam signed a lease in May of 2023 that was to go into effect once Peter vacated the space. Somehow or another, Peter and the landlord worked out a deal. In exchange for leaving, the landlord would forgive Peter's unpaid rent debt. So on Sunday night, Peter flipped his keys over, packed up, and said goodbye. It seems that Peter was aware that a new bagel shop was moving into this space. However, he did not know that they were going to retain the name Court Street Bagels, hence why he had told everybody on Saturday that Sunday would be the last day of Court Street Bagels operations. Now, all this attention has thrown a wrench in the plans of Mr. Alsura, who it seemed hoped to take over Court Street quietly and without anybody noticing. 
I would think because he probably accurately anticipated that the community would not be super welcoming to one rival bagel shop taking over their adjacent competitor. This is such interesting, like, business drama and Mm -hmm. also landlord drama and Mm -hmm. real estate speculation. I don't know. It's like a lot of things that I am very interested in all in one place. I knew about this because Chris, our friend Sam's friend, had posted about going to Court Street Bagels and like how they were closing. He posted on the last day. And he highlighted Peter mm-hmm. in his post and like so sad. I'm going to see like Peter go. He like knew everyone in the neighborhood. And then can you imagine like thinking, oh, it's my last time to get one of my favorite bagels. And then it's just op- like it's just open. Like nothing has changed. That's creepy. Peter's I mean, not it's there. It's eerie. It's weird. It's really yeah. eerie. And it's like, did people think they weren't going to know? I mean, I guess in New York City, like unless you are a regular at this place, you'll yeah. just like pop in and buy a bagel. But as a business owner, I would be so weirded out. And there must be some sort of like, it, would there be some copyright infringement going on? I don't know how that works. Or like, I right, saw something. The, the name. Yeah, I don't know. I saw something where like he had never like fully filed the paperwork correctly. And so right. like he can't actually like argue his case. So right. there's clearly some like managerial missteps that are allowing for this to happen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right, but it's this weird transparency thing where, like, should the new owners gotten ahead of it? Did they know there would be backlash? Like, how transparent should you be? Also, if you're a staple in the community, like, what's your job within the community? Like, how do you fit within that ecosystem? Mm -hmm. It kind of now, it reminds me of all the blank coffees. What what are they called? Blank Street Coffee. Blank Street Coffees that are, yeah, popping up that are just... VC funded mm-hmm. coffee shops that are putting all of mom and pop sh- coffee shops around. Yeah. Yeah. What's like the ethical question? Implications. With this? Of yeah. Doing well, and that's the other thing. It's like, who do you think is the bigger baddie in this scenario? The <laughs> investor <laughs> and the management fund or right. the bagel store that took over the shop and right. kept the name and changed nothing? Yeah, it's there's no right answer. Like everything is very gray and nuanced. And now as I'm saying this, Catalina has balloons flying again. What the fuck is with these balloons? <laughs> it's, and she was sitting completely still. This is so deranged. There's a ghost. You know I think because we're so excited that it's episode 150. Like <laughs> It's been a celebration. It's like yeah. when I want the balloons to happen, they don't happen. And then they just randomly happen. Randomly. Wow. Okay. Wow. Are you going mean... to go to Court Street Bagels now that there's the drama? Well, you know that I am like, am I going to go to Brooklyn for a bagel when I have a hot jumbo right in my backyard? Best bagel in New York City. Fight me. That's hot take. Best bagel in New York City. So when it's in my backyard, no. If I'm in the neighborhood, sure. If you're if eating convenient. good in the neighborhood. <laughs> but I'm all about convenience. And um, to wrap up this conversation, to put a button or a bow on this. <laughs> or a I, balloon. Or a balloon on this. I also think that in the same way that you can interface with a butcher, you can also interface about bagels. You can ask yes. what's fresh. I ask, oh, see that I do. All the time, yes. But you know what? At Hot Jumbo, I don't even need to ask because I know I'm always getting fresh bagels. Mm-hmm. I've never not once gotten not a fresh bagel. I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine? 
Ugh, I want I hot jumbo bagel. Not in New York City. I can't even talk about it. <laughs> I actually went to a deli, a, a bagel place here called Big Apple Bagel or Big Apple something. Not bagel. There's no bagels. Breakfast. Big Apple breakfast. Anyway, the breakfast sandwiches okay. were pretty good. They're trying to be like bodega sandwiches. They did a pretty good job. I would definitely go back. They have like all the New York, they have like New York City themed and the picture inside on the wall is of a, a metro station, a metro station, a subway station in Times Square. And I put and so they're a, trying and there's a fake bench or there's a real bench in front of this so it like looks like you're just like sitting oh, on a bench yeah. and I posted a picture on Instagram. One person asked me if I was in New York City and I was like, why would yeah. we be at a New York a Times themed that's- <laughs> restaurant in New York City? But the second person was our friend Emma and she was like, oh yes, whenever I want to ha- want to have a relaxing bagel in. <laughs> In Times Square. Times Square on a bench in front of a subway station. Sounds nice. But you love a New York City themed place that's not New York City, like the bar in Argentina Mm -hmm. when my mom thought you were back in New York. Multiple people. Someone texted me and was like, How long are how long are you here? And I was like, There's (laughs) no bars in these turnstiles, but it was very convincing. Yeah. It was well executed. Good production design. Yeah. Well, on that note, this has been a wonderful episode one fifty. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Share, review, subscribe. See you next week. We'll see you for our 151. Bye. Shouts. <laughs>